Hey, don't miss your opportunity right here. You know, sometimes we just need to we need to show the enemy. You know, you, you've thrown some punches. You've done some things, but I'm still here. You ain't, you ain't took my praise at all. You ain't took my desire to live for God at all. I'm still living for the Lord. Come on, we've been hit with a lot of things in the last year, the last couple of years, but we're still here. And it doesn't matter what comes our way this year. The Lord said we'd still be standing. He said, I'll build a church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Friend, God's building a victorious church. That's you and me. We're victorious in the name of Jesus. I believe it. Come on, give him a hand clap and a shout in this place. You got to believe it. We're going to make it. And it's going to be better than it's ever been. You know, the Lord said in his word, so we think, well, the world's falling apart, so everything's bad. But the, the Lord said, I'll make streams break out in the desert. <laughs> uh, so even in, it, he said, I, I'm not going to do away with the desert. I'm just going to give you what you need in the desert. Amen. He had about 5,000 people sitting out in a wilderness, in a desert place with nothing to eat. Well, he didn't build a restaurant. He said, I got what I need right here to feed everybody. And he fed them. Look, the world's going to be what it's going to be. But God's got a blessing for his people. And God's going to feed us and water us and take care of us. Hey, we're going to keep going on. And, be, and they go, how do they keep going when it looks like everything's falling apart? Because God going to make streams break out in the wilderness. Come on, somebody. God's going to provide in a place where there is no natural provision. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, anybody believes he's going to come through for you? He's going to come through in Jesus' name. Well, he's good. Give him one more hand clap and shout of praise at this house today. I'm thankful for him. Thankful for the Lord and what he's doing. You know, God's good. And many times this, this day and hour, I think probably our enemy realizes a lot of the times that I don't think I'm going to get him to quit. But he sure would love to distract us. And that's just as good as getting you to quit. Because if you quit, you're not doing nothing. And if you're distracted, you're usually doing the wrong thing. And I've, I've prayed and, and, and sought for this service. And we try to always find direction and focus for our church. And what we want to see this year. And, and what we need to make sure we are paying attention to as we move forward. This first service is always a little different. It's because of that just that theme we try to lay out at the beginning of the year and and uh, you can be you can be seated go ahead and be seated I, I won't keep you standing because it'll be different before a little different before I get to my scriptures but but I do know that uh, 
since 2020, we have been bombarded with distractions. Of course, COVID and still that going on and the different variants and all the things that come with it. Just, uh, you know, it was sent to, you know, people being sick from COVID is terrible. And we have lost people to that. But almost as terrible as the fallout of the division it caused because people got distracted. And then it was the vaccine and unvaccinated versus the vaccinated. And the problem was is that we were all in the same place, in the same church maybe, sitting on the same pew. And, but distractions, divisions, political divisions, unrest, riots, protests, disasters, natural disasters, earthquakes, fires, floods. We've lost people. We've seen death. All these things are meant, if we're not careful, to distract us. Even in the church, we have church troubles. People falling away, walking away from God. and All these things are meant to distract us. Why did they go? Where did they go? What's happening? But years ago, there was a saying, and it got big in the churches, and it was this, that we need to keep the main thing the main thing. In other words, don't get distracted. Don't run off on what they say. Don't get off on rabbit trails and stay on the main path. Stay on the right road. Keep your mind on what you're doing. And, and let me tell you, for, for no matter what comes and whatever that is, it's going to come. Jesus said in the last days there would be wars and rumors of wars, famine, pestilence, natural disaster, earthquakes in diverse places. There'll be more division. People turning against people. But he also said don't let anybody deceive you. Don't get distracted. We must not get distracted. This year for I guess uh, if there's a word that we could stick to our walk, to our work for the kingdom, to our church. Uh, I've prayed about it and, and just had several things happen to kind of confirm that this is what God wanted uh, us to. Well, if I say focus, I won't just give it away, ain't it? But the Lord said, I want my church to be focused. I want us to, to make sure that we're not getting distracted. Because God wants to do a work. And they were singing about being on the battlefield. But you know, that's one place you don't want to be distracted. You want to know the plan. You want to know where the enemy's at. You want, you want to be able to take care of business. So you want to be focused. We want to be focused in our walk with God. We want to keep the main thing the main thing. We, uh, we, we want to make sure that we are not being pulled this way or the other losing our focus on what God has called us to do. I don't want to be distracted. And so if you would just pray with me right now as we get ready to go into this message today. It won't be, I won't be very long today. Just some points to touch on as we get ready to head into this new year. This is the first Sunday of the new year. And 
you'll start your week maybe of school or, or work or something tomorrow, and you need to be focused on what's going on. So let's pray together right now. Precious Lord, we love you and honor you today. So thankful that you've called us, Lord, out of darkness into your marvelous light. Lord, you ask us to take up our cross and follow you. So now, Lord, we won't want to be distracted. But God, help us to develop focus. Help us to be intentional about staying focused and following you, watching you, doing the things you want us to do. God, we're going to praise you for it. We're believing for a good year, a great year, wonderful things, signs, and miracles in this 2022. Help us to believe it all together in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this house today. Hallelujah. I want to see the Lord work. Friend, I don't want to lose my focus. When you are distracted, if you wanted a definition, it means to have one's thoughts or attention drawn away. What is it that has got you to take your eyes off of the Lord? What is it that's going on in your world that you're not as focused on your walk with God as you used to be? What has it the is it the news? Is it politics? Is it viruses? Is it sickness? What has drawn your thoughts or attention away from the Lord? This world is coming up with new things. There's so many stories that they call news that are just meant to distract us and get us upset. They know we're going to put this story out and it's going to push somebody's butt. It's going to get to somebody. It's going to get them, uh, uh, just they're going to get engrossed in it and they're going to get involved in it. And you, you can tell when, when it happens because you'll see all these angry posts on social media because people are upset about something. But it's a distraction. It's not doing what God calls, called us to do. It To be distracted also means to be harassed or confused or even deranged by strong feelings. In other words, you can be uh, affected so much by what's going on in the world that your distraction uh, has actually caused you to be deranged. The feelings you have are so strong about this or that that it has caused you to forget what Jesus said about loving your neighbor as yourself. Hello. Come on. We don't want to be distracted. We can get so distracted with the division that we forget to love our brother. And we actually deceive ourselves and believe we love God. But the Lord said, "If hey, the word says, if you can't love your brother who you do see, how can you say you love God that you can't see? Friend, we don't want to be distracted. There is a time coming on this planet like never before. We are in an age like never before. We have actually gotten to a place that the scripture described as the days of Noah and the days of Lot. And it, as it was in those days, there were people that God intended to save out of that place. God is going to pull his church out of here. But friend, if you don't think that we're going to endure some things, then you haven't read what Jesus said because he said we must endure unto the end so we can be saved. That we would have to endure hardness as a good soldier. It's pretty hard to endure if you lose your focus. We've got to remember that all of this happening is still in God's control.
And the church is not supposed to sit back like we're in a waiting room for God to come and get us. But he described it as a field that was ready and ripe for harvest. But you know what I read about fields and harvest in the Scripture? I read in the Old Testament a lot of times that the enemy would like to come in and take your field. He'd like to come in and take what's already been planted and take what's, what's already ripe for harvest and take it away from you so he can have it for himself. I read where the enemy will come in and sow in those fields so you don't know what to do or how to harvest. But let me tell you, God's got a plan for the church in the last day. And I don't want to be sitting around on my hands, uh, distracted and not focused. I don't want to be sitting around uh, so upset about politics or so upset about uh, a vaccine that I can't even pray for somebody. That I can't hear what the preacher's saying when he's preaching. And, and worse than that, I can't hear what the Spirit is saying. I don't want to have such a, the Bible says that the carnal mind is an enmity, an enemy against God. It's not subject to God. It can't be. And when you get that carnal mind, you can't hear what the Spirit would say. And you lose your focus. I know that there's not a single person who, who believes in heaven that does not want to hear the words, well done. One day we want to hear the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. But if we do, it will simply be because we stayed focused. That we did not let this world distract us. That we kept loving God and loving others. That we kept walking with Him daily. That we kept His commandments and that we endured until the end. We stayed focused. Friend, let me tell you, to hear well done is an embodiment of a good walk in this world. Sister Mangan, Vesta Mangan said it like this, He will not say well done if I have not done well. I want to make sure that I am focused and that I am doing my part. Uh, if you were to define the word focus, it would be a point of concentration, a center of attention. Uh, it would be uh, like direction. You could say if someone uh, lost their focus, they lost their direction, they lost uh, what they were looking at, there's no point of concentration. And, and what are we focusing on? In this life. I know we want to have jobs. And better jobs. I know we want to have families. And we want to have educations. And all. And nothing wrong with any of that. As long as it does not become the focus. And the Lord. We find him out of focus. I want to make sure. That I am concentrating on what God wants me to do. Uh, uh, to focus can be a verb that means to adjust the focus of your eyes or a lens uh, or to concentrate your attention or your effort. So there's a lot of uh, moving parts there for focus, but it all comes to clarity and concentration and where is your center of attention. And guess what? Being his child and being born again full of the Holy Ghost, it does not automatically protect us from getting distracted and losing our focus. Some people think, well, I'm his. Uh, I can't mess up. I can't make a mistake. I can't do any wrong, and I'm just going to make it there. But, friend, God has always warned his people, don't get distracted. Before he ever opened up the waters to let them walk in the promised land, he said, be careful when you get in that promised land. That you don't get uh, distracted by other nations and the gods that they serve, but you remember the one God that brought you out and brought you in. He warned them that when you have 
gotten into this land and you're eating the vineyards that you did not plant and living in houses that you didn't build, that, that when everything is going good, that you don't forget God who gave it to you, that you don't lose your focus, that you're not distracted by the blessing. You know that even good things can cause us to lose focus. Even good things, things that seem to be good, can cause us to be distracted. Oh, this job pays six figures a year. It's a great job. It's seven days a week. I can't make it to church, Pastor. I got to work Sunday. I can't make it to church, Pastor. I got to work Wednesday. I can't come to prayer meeting. I got to work Monday. I'm making six figures. But you're forgetting about God. I can promise you this, that God won't give you a job that will keep you out of church. Well, this job will provide for my family. Okay. Your family, your relationships, anything you have in this world will never be what it could be if God is out of focus. Oh, there's rich people in the world that don't care a thing about God. You can be rich without God. You can have big houses and cars and lands without God. But you can't get to heaven without God. You can't be saved without God. I don't want to lose my focus. I don't want to. Uh, listen, uh, in, in Matthew chapter 16, we learn a lesson. And Peter taught us a lot of lessons about what not to do. But in Matthew 16, he's, he's got the right answer. Hey, guys, who do people say that I am? The Lord asked. Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And the Lord said, well, Peter, you're blessed because flesh and blood didn't show this to you, but uh, my Father in heaven, he's revealed this to you. And he told him in Matthew 16 and 19, he said, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind in earth is going to be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth is going to be loosed in heaven. What a great day for Peter. Everybody has seen, wow, Peter had the right answer. Might have been some of them standing back, so I knew that. I just didn't raise my hand. But Peter, I know I would feel real good if the Lord looked at me and said, that's right, good job. You got it, Peter. That's who I am. That's exactly right. But do you know that just four verses later, it says this, he says to the, the Lord said to Peter, the man with the keys, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense unto me, for you savor us not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. He had the keys, he didn't know what he had. He was so distracted by being right, and he was so maybe lifted up in himself for having the keys, that he thought he could just rebuke God's plan. Because the Lord had told him, I've got to suffer and be crucified. And, the, and Peter said, be it far from you, Lord. Like he had some kind of, whew. And the Lord said, get behind me. You've already lost your focus. You got the keys. You had a revelation. But you've lost your focus because you don't love the things that are of God. You only love the things that be of men. You love that pat on the back. You're, you love that title. You love that card. You love that license or something. But, you, but you, you've forgotten about why. 
what those keys mean, what those keys will unlock, what that it's going to uh, loose things in heaven, it's going to loose things in earth, it's going to bind something. It's, the keys have power, but you forgot all of that because you're so lifted up that you think you can spare me. Stop me. Don't let a calling, don't let your ministry, don't let a relationship, don't let a career, don't let an education or anything else cause you to lose focus and desire for the things of God. We've got to have God. I've seen, speaking of focus, we've got some people in here that are, they, they, they take pictures, photography, we've got a great media team and and we know photographers, and I've seen some great, like, wedding pictures where the bride and groom are right there in the center, there in focus, and then everything behind them is blurry. It's really a great effect. But the reason is, is that the focus is on the bride and groom. It doesn't mean that anything else that's behind them is unimportant, doesn't need to be there, it's just not the main thing. And so when we have a picture of our marriage, God ought to be in focus. <laughs> it doesn't mean that the other things all around it, home, job, this, that, and the other, doesn't mean it's not important, but it shouldn't be the focus. Hello. Get a good picture of that job. But if God's out of focus, the job will never be what it could be. Relationships, education, all these things I listed a while ago. If God's out of focus in these things, how can we be right with Him? How can we see what He wants us to do? We must keep Him in focus all the time. We've got to focus on Him. Another lesson from Peter. You can walk on water. As long as you keep Jesus in, in view. But when his focus got on the wind and the waves, and he could see, said it described what he saw, they were boisterous. So he, he, he took time to look around and see. He took his eyes off the Lord. He, his focus was no longer on the one he wanted to come to because he started out saying, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. I want to come to you. I want to walk where you are. And he would have got there if he'd have kept his focus. Don't focus on the storm. Focus on the Lord. The storm's there. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on what the Lord's doing. Hello? I want to be focused on the Lord. I want to get to where God calls me to, but I won't get there if I don't focus. In Paul's writing, he gave us some good advice. In Philippians 3, Paul, his goal, not just to serve the Lord and be just anything. He wanted to stay focused. He wanted to make sure that he was uh, going to be able to say at the end, I fought a good fight, I finished my course, and I kept the faith. And he wrote in Philippians 3, in the third chapter, he, I'm just going to read several verses here just to kind of lay his life out. And then talk about Paul for just a minute. He said, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you, it is safe. 
Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. Don't get distracted. Beware, or for we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit. We rejoice in Christ Jesus. We have no confidence in the flesh, though I might also have confidence in the flesh. If any other man thinketh that he has whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Paul said, I was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, I was blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. And yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. And being found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. If that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Stay focused. Paul began to recount his life, and he said uh, he began to list his pedigree. He was a Hebrew. He was a child of God. But he said, don't get distracted by that. Don't get distracted by who you think you are. Well, I, I'm born again. I feel the Holy Ghost. That's great. You ain't got nothing that nobody else can't have. For the promises unto you and to your children and all who are far off. You sit beside people that's baptized and filled the Holy Ghost. You're not greater or better. Don't get distracted by your birthright, by your status, by uh, your education, your pedigree. Don't get distracted. Paul said, I got to stay focused. He said, those things that were gained to me, I counted them loss. Because they were, would be a distraction if I held on to them. But when you look at Paul's life, Paul had a past. He was a persecutor of the gospel that he was now preaching. He stood by and consented unto the stoning death of Stephen. He, he held the coats of them that, that, that stoned him. He, he said himself that he locked people up. He caused them to blaspheme the name of the Lord. He persecuted the name of Jesus. And yet, he said, I'm forgetting about that. I'm going to let that be behind me. Can I tell you something today, just a side note? You've got to be able to trust God with your past. Hello? Because if you are constantly looking back, you ain't focused on what's going on in front of you. And if you're always looking back at your past and, 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 and examining your past and thinking how bad your past was, you don't trust him to save you from it. We trust him to heal, to deliver, to provide. Why can't we trust him with our past? Because there ain't nothing that will distract you more than believing the lies of the devil that says you still lost. 
you are still undone. You are still a sinner. You are still miserable. You are still an addict or whatever he wants to call you or label you with. That's your past. That's who I used to be. Trust God with your past. Trust him that when you are baptized in his name, that it will wash your sins away. And that you can now walk in the newness of life. Focus on your new walk. Paul's prayer for one church was that Christ would be formed in them. He said, I, I, I want to win Christ. I want Christ to be formed in you. I, I want you to stay focused. But you know, Paul wasn't just a persecutor. He had also been persecuted. He was beaten by his own countrymen. He was shipwrecked. He spent the night, you know, uh, night and day in the deep. And uh, he was imprisoned. He was betrayed. He was forsaken. And that's, those are the kind of things that will distract you. Well, so-and-so did this, and so-and-so did that, and this happened to me, and woe is me. You know what that is? Distraction. Because you can't have the good stuff that God wants you to have if all you're doing is wallowing in misery, feeling sorry for yourself. Listen, Paul said in verse 13, after he got through all these things, he said, brethren, I, I'm not saying I've, I've apprehended this yet. He said, but here is the key. When he said there's one thing I do, that must mean it's important, and it must mean that it works. I forget those things that are behind and reach forward to the things that are before. I'm not focused on that. I'm not focused on them voices calling out from behind me saying, hey, get back here. This is who you really are. I'm focused on the things in front of me. I don't want to dwell on my past. And then he said, now I press toward. That's moving forward. I've got momentum going forward. I'm going to stay focused. I'm going to keep the main thing, the main thing. I'm going to keep the faith. I'm going to focus on the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I want to stay focused. I'm just talking to you like your pastor a little bit today. Because we're fixing to head into a year, and we'd like to say we know what's going to happen, but we don't. But I can promise you that if you stay focused, you're going to make it through. That if we can stay focused on God, we're going to see souls for the kingdom. Hello, somebody. And we're going to see restoration in people's lives. That we're going to see miracles, signs, and wonders. That, that we're going to see this book unfold, and it's going to be the victory that God talks about for his people. And I want to, I want to get ready to end with this part and this thought. In the book of Mark, chapter 8, there is a, a story of a man who was blind. In Mark, chapter 8, in verse 22 through 25, it says, And he came, the Lord, to Bethsaida, and they, they bring him a blind man. And they besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand, led him out of town. When he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw anything. Well, he looked up and he said, I see men as trees walking. That answer is very important. I'm going to come back to it. But 
After that, he puts his hands again upon his eyes, made him look up, and he was restored, and he saw every man clearly, or in other words, everything was now in focus. If you have a camera or binoculars or a scope and you're looking through it, you know what it takes to bring things in focus? Adjustment. Some folks don't want to be adjusted. There used to be an old song talk about an attitude adjustment, make you see things clearly. <laughs> well, let me tell you, uh, you, when you go to the eye doctor, he's flipping them things and tell him when it gets clear, and he's adjusting so he can get you the right prescription so you can see clearly. When you're looking through a camera lens, oh, let me get it in focus. Let me get these binoculars. Depending on how far you're trying to look, what you're trying to do, you have to adjust so it'll be in focus. And when I, I was thinking of this, I looked at this man that was blind, and he had such an honest answer for the Lord. But when the first time he prayed for me, he says, what do you see now? He didn't see clearly. He didn't see what he should be seeing. And guess what? Jesus knew that he couldn't see clear yet. I want to tell you, be honest with God. Because Jesus knows what you see. Let him make the adjustment. Don't try to say, oh, oh that's good. That's, that's good because you're embarrassed that you don't see clearly yet. Let him make the adjustments till you see clearly. Don't live life out of focus. Don't be satisfied than less, with less than what Jesus is ready and willing to give you. He was, Jesus knew he was going to finish this, this job. But he said, let's see what this guy has to say. Let's see if he can be honest with his shortcoming and he can actually tell me, Lord, I don't see clearly yet. Because if you can be honest with God, God can really give you what you need for this life. But when you try to act like, Oh, I got it all together. I don't need no adjustments. You're living life out of focus. You're not seeing nothing clear. And friend, I want to see things clearly. I want the Lord to make any adjustments he needs to to bring focus, clarity, and precision to my life because I want to make it to heaven one day. But while I'm here, I want to see what the Lord wants me to do. And I'm not afraid as pastor to let God adjust me. Don't be afraid. Well, I've got the Holy Ghost. I've been baptized. And, man, I, I wouldn't want nobody to think I'm, I've made a mistake. Wow, we, we all make mistakes. I'm not saying you got to go around advertising things, but be honest with God. Let him fix you. Let him adjust you. Let him get the focus back in your life. You can stand with me this morning. There'll be a lot of messages this year with the subtitle of focus. We may go back to a lot of basic things so that we can get our focus back. We may go back to some, some preaching that you don't hear all the time so we can make sure we're where we're supposed to be. We're, we're, we're in the end time. Everybody's worried about when's the beast coming out of the ocean, you know. Really, it's, you know, and, and hey, end time stuff's going to happen. It's coming. A lot of people are going to know about the end time and still be lost. I want to be focused.
on the Lord. You know, there's some people that they're so distracted by end-time prophecy that they never reach a soul. They never tell anybody about the saving power of Jesus. They're just so worried about trying to solve that puzzle. But the Lord said, I want you to be a light. I want you to shine. I want people to see good works so they can give me the glory. I want people to see that I can restore, that I can heal, that I can deliver, that I can put lives back together. I want, I want people to be focused on the gospel. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. You know, a lot of people, I think they get so, Paul said, the Lord gave me some thorns to keep me in place so I wouldn't get lifted up. But some people get so lifted up in what God has showed them. They hadn't preached Acts, Acts 238 in years. Because I'm past repentance and baptism and being born of the Spirit. I'm, I'm up here on another plane. That plane don't mean nothing, man. Jesus told his closest people, preach repentance and baptism in my name. and Do that. Paul said, I, I know a lot of things, but I'll tell you what I'm going to preach, Jesus Christ and him crucified, because that's the main thing. Everything else flows from that. I'm going to make sure I'm preaching the gospel because it's the power of God unto salvation. You ain't going to save nobody by preaching revelation. If that's all you preach them, tell them how to be saved. Let's get back in focus. Let's get our focus back on the harvest. The Lord said, pray for laborers to go into the harvest. God's concerned about souls. He's focused on souls. We used to be focused on winning the lost, winning our families, winning our friends, getting people into the church. Let's quit being so worried about walking on water and seeing people saved and going underwater. Let's get our focus back on what God wants us to be. Let's, let's get focused on being the church, being the body of Christ. Let's get focused on what He intended us to be. Loving Him, number one. And then loving people. The Bible says, Oh, no man, anything but to love one another. Let's just be focused on loving people because God loves them. And if it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance, wouldn't you love to be that little hand of goodness in somebody's life? What if you're the goodness God's trying to put in somebody's life to get them to come to the kingdom? I want to be focused Let's get rid of the distractions. Let's let God make the adjustments that he needs to make so that we can see clearly. And so as we get ready to come to our first altar call of 2022, I hope that'll be your prayer, that you'll be honest with the Lord, that you'll come and say, God, I, I want to I let you bring focus into my life. Make the adjustments you need to make. Twist it and turn it till you get it clear in my life. And then make a decision to stay undistracted. Forget the things that are behind you. You've been baptized in His name. It's under the blood. That stuff's gone. Walk in the newness of life. Serve Him. Live for Him. Work for Him. And wait for Him to come get us again. While she's playing this morning, I'm just going to open the altar for you to come and pray. Come and pray for focus.
and we're getting ready. Molly said she was ready to be baptized today. And so we're getting ready. They're fixing to take her back and get her changed. We're going we're to baptize her in Jesus' name. What a great way to start the year. She said, I'm ready. She's ready. And, I, friend, God's got a plan for Molly. We're going to see some great things for her life. What a way to start 2022, baptized in Jesus' name, walking in the newness of life. Just, it's wonderful. If you hadn't been baptized in Jesus' name, you ought to. I asked her, I said, you believe that Jesus died for your sins and rose from the dead? She said, yes, sir. I said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. I said, we're going to take you to that water. She believes it. We're going to take her to the water. And when she comes up, she's going to be new, born of the water. And we're just going to believe God's going to fill her with the Holy Ghost when she comes out of the water. How about that? So, so let's get ready for that. If you have to go, God bless you. Thank you for being here. If not, let's hang around and kind of, let's stay prayerful for the next few moments. Let's don't let the atmosphere change too much. Let's, let's stay prayerful as we get ready to baptize our sister in Jesus' name. Amen.